ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Playoff baseball abound, and we're back for another episode of the Nosebleeds Podcast. Emmanuel Barbari with Jimmy Sullivan. Jimmy, it feels like just yesterday we started the Major League Baseball season. Tonight we have playoff baseball. Boy, does that feel good. Hey, they didn't call it the summer sprint for nothing, right? When they were talking about how quick the season was going to go. Yeah, I still remember being there on opening day and reminding myself it was only 60 games. But even with that, the season felt like it went by in 10 minutes. And now we've got four games today, eight games tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to this, man. I think it's going to be a fascinating playoffs, one the likes of which we've never really seen. And, Jimmy, let's take a step back before we dive into the nitty-gritty of the playoffs. A lot of people doubted the fact that Major League Baseball could get through a 60-game schedule, or any schedule for that matter. There was a lot of skepticism once you had outbreaks with the Miami Marlins, who wound up being a playoff team, and the St. Louis Cardinals. But power to Major League Baseball. They, They powered through, and now nothing else matters. They put themselves in a position where they can have a successful postseason. And in the year 2020, I I would argue that's all that matters. And that's very good for the baseball fan. Yeah, it is. And when you say a lot of people doubted Major League Baseball, I was one of them. I (laughs) was right there saying, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this. But we're here. And that in and of itself is an accomplishment. And a lot of times that was in doubt, particularly in August. But they've gone – whatever it is, three, four weeks now without a positive test. So they've got things you know worked out with the postseason bubble. Hopefully that works so that, you know, you don't have a spread and we can get a world champion at the end of this. But, yeah, we're here. And, look, maybe it wasn't always clear that we were going to be here. But now that we are, hopefully we can just kick back, enjoy the postseason, not have to think about any of that stuff. So one of the teams that qualified, the Yankees, that is what we expected entering the season. Maybe expected it as AL East champions, but that's the Tampa Bay Rays. They are the five seed, and they will face the Cleveland Indians starting tonight. Again, three-game set, entire crapshoot in the first round of the playoffs, and what makes this year so intriguing uh, in some ways we, we highlighted a lot of it last week, Jimmy. The Yankees are a very interesting breed this year. They started 16-6. and six. They then proceeded to lose 15 of 20. They ripped off 10 straight wins after their low point of the season. And then they finished the season losing 6 of 8, just playing terrible baseball in the final week of the season. It's really tough to get a read on this Yankee team and know whether they could steamroll this Indians team or be a quick exit and they score two runs total in the two games it could really go either way but i think a lot of people have that expectation that the talent stacks up and the yankees are in the spot they want to be in because they have a healthy team entering the postseason and garrett cole starting game one and that's probably about 
all you could ask for uh, with the Yankees. But you know, you said it's a crapshoot. The whole Yankee season's been a crapshoot. I mean, it depends on the week we're talking about, basically. Where late August, you're like, ooh, maybe this team could get bounced, and then you have the run in mid-September, and it's like, oh, this might be the best team in the league. And then they end the season, and you're thinking, oh, maybe they get bounced again. So I, I don't know how to pick this Yankees team because part of me wants to say, oh, yeah, they're going to roll the Indians. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking, I was looking at this last week, and at any time last week they would have been playing the Twins or the White Sox or the Indians, any of the AL Central teams. I think this might be the toughest matchup for them out of those three. With the pitching that Cleveland has, and especially the starting pitching that they throw at you, out of all the playoff teams, Cleveland has the least used bullpen, which means that they're getting a ton of length in their starting pitchers. Now, the Yankees can counter that partially by starting pitching and partially if their bullpen stacks up, but I'm really looking forward to this series. I honestly believe this is probably the best three-game series out of the eight. I think it's going to be really competitive. I don't know how to assess the Yankees right now, to be honest. Uh, Like we were saying before, I think that lends itself to a lot of intrigue in this series. And we'll see what Yankees team shows up because I think that's a huge part of this. And I don't know which one it's going to be, but my bet is that it will be somewhere in between 10-game winning streak Yankees and losing six out of eight. Because I don't know if they're as good as that winning streak. I know they're probably not as bad as they looked at the end of the season. And I don't think there's going to be some huge carryover in that where they just look absolutely terrible. I can't see them just being non-competitive in this series. Like, that would that would completely shock me. They're definitely not that 10-game winning streak good because if they were that good, they never would go on these stretches where they, like, forget how to play baseball. So – we will see some mix of that. I think that's a fair assessment because they're facing elite pitching now. They're not able to just tee off at will and do whatever they want and and slap a team around the ballpark. But they do have a healthy lineup. They have everything lined up the way they want it in the starting rotation. They have Garrett Cole in game one. This is what he was brought here to do. Masahiro Tanaka backing up in game two. And then probably Jay Happ on a very short leash if it gets to a game three. So – the Yankees have it where they want it to be. And now it's just a question of, like you said, Jimmy, which team shows up and whether they're able to write the demons of the last couple of years and really hit the elite pitching in the league. And especially on the road this season, I have my doubts because they've been a terrible road team. They've basically forgot how to hit whenever they've stepped away from Yankee Stadium. And now you're only not only stepping away from Yankee Stadium – you're facing arguably the AL Cy Young and MVP in Shane Bieber. And he's been that good. Uh, He's been that effective. So while I do think the Yankees have what it takes to prevail in the series, and that's partially because I like the matchup of Tanaka and Carrasco in game two as as kind of that backup, whether they win or lose game one, this, this isn't an easy game tonight by any stretch of the imagination. It's the matchups we dream of, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. It's going to be a treat for the average baseball fan. But from a Yankee perspective, I was mapping out the road to the World Series because that's really what it comes down to. The Yankees have World Series or bust aspirations. You can make the argument from here it gets easier. Like, Tampa's a great team if you were to run into them next round, but you'd much rather have a long series maybe against Tampa Bay 
and you, if you're able to get by Cleveland, you take your chances against anyone. And then the ALCS would be drastically easier than the ALDS from that point on. So this may be the Yankees' biggest test between now and potentially qualifying for a World Series. It's crazy you say that, too, and we'll get into the predictions later on in the show. The American League is stacked this year. You've got the Yankees playing the Indians, and then they probably play the Rays in the ALDS, and then they're probably looking at Oakland, maybe Minnesota in the ALCS if they get there. I mean, this is just one great matchup after the other. I I will say, and you were talking about this to the average baseball fan, it's not often you get probably the two best pitchers in the American League and they're going tonight in Shane Bieber, who's going to win the Cy Young, and Garrett Cole. And Shane Bieber, you said, you know, could be the MVP. And if he's not, it could be Jose Ramirez, who, you know, is the linchpin of that Indians lineup all of a sudden. So uh, it, it's a fascinating matchup. And the Indians, if you look at their rotation, they've got Bieber tonight, Carrasco tomorrow, as you said, probably Zach Plesak for game three. Remember, they traded Mike Clevenger from – uh, to the Padres, I should mm. say, after the whole, you know, going out after the game uh, stuff with Zach Plesak, as a matter of fact. So Plesak's going to wind up getting that start uh, if it gets to a winner-take-all against Jay Happ. But um, another thing, too, that's interesting with the Indians is Terry Francona, who is their manager, is not going to be managing them in the postseason. It's going to be uh, Sandy Alomar Jr., who's done a great job, but still it's his – technically first postseason as the manager. Um, And even though you could make a case for him as manager of the year on a fill-in basis, that's also something to look out for because Aaron Boone, for as maligned as he has been for how he has handled some things in the postseason the last couple of years, uh, at least has that experience. Sandy Alomar Jr. does not. And I'm not saying it's a definite advantage for the Yankees, but I do think there is something to be said for being in those spots and having that experience. So I think especially later in games, that could be something to watch as to how Sandy Alvar Jr. manages his team. Once you get to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning of these games, which are going to be must win. It's a good point, Jimmy. The managerial experience always has a factor because every move is under the microscope in the playoffs and especially when you have a team like Cleveland you mentioned how they get the most length out of their starters there's going to be a fine line especially in playoff baseball when you pull the plug and I'm sure there will be a lot of criticism either way based on how far the Cleveland starters are pushed especially against the Yankee lineup that loves to work the pitch count and loves to basically extract every ounce out of a starting pitcher flashing back a couple of years ago this was a Cleveland lineup where if you face them you were you were very scared up and down that lineup about running into an elite hit or left and right I think that would be the biggest indictment on this Cleveland team this year is the lineup has not been very good and aside from maybe one through four it doesn't really scare you in a lot of ways now that's not to write off the Francisco Lindors and the Jose Ramirez's and the Carlos Santana's of the world they're all threats but they're not all necessarily having career years. Jose Ramirez is a lone exception. Santana's been bad. Lindor hasn't necessarily been himself with the bat. And then beyond the one through four in the lineup, you're dealing with like Fran Mil Reyes and Tyler Naquin and 
Sandy Leone, Delano the Shields. It's not the same Cleveland team offensively that you were dealing with in 2017 when the Yankees went in as underdogs and came back from 2-0 in that series and took them in five. So I would say Cleveland, if they're to win this series, they need their starting pitching to, to pitch to the back of their baseball cards. They need dominant outings from, from Bieber, Carrasco, and Plesak for that matter. I, I think a, a guy like Garrett Cole knows his lanes in this lineup, and I think it would be a disappointment if Cole doesn't give you a good seven-inning performance. Yeah, and it's it's funny to look at this lineup because their outfield offensively is very 2000 Mets-esque, which is to say that they're not going to put up very much in those spots because all those guys are at the bottom of the order. I think one more thing to factor in here, uh, too, before we get to some of the picks here is I would look at a guy like Shane Bieber. This is his first playoff start tonight. And I would normally look at it and say, mm, that could be an issue. But with no fans, I I don't know how that's going to be different. Because, you know, you have a guy like Eric Cole, right? Has playoff experience. You should know what you're getting out of him. If he has his good stuff, you're going to get a good addict. Um, there are certain variables when you have younger pitchers. And we saw this with Luis Severino a couple years ago in the playoffs. Didn't go well for him at all because you had, you know, a huge Yankee Stadium crowd and the Yankees were back in the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years. And I would say that would be an issue for Beaver, but there's not going to be a crowd. So I don't know how that changes things for a pitcher where he looks at it and says, okay, I'm just going to pitch my game. So I really think that a guy like Bieber and, and really the rest of those pitching staff too, particularly the young guys, I think they're going to be okay. And I think it'll offset some things. Um, I think tonight's a huge game because I think tonight's going to obviously dictate a lot of where this series goes. But I love this matchup. I think it's going to be pretty evenly matched between these two. Uh, I love what Bieber's done this year. He's obviously going to win the Cy Young. And Garrett Cole, you know what you're getting. You don't pay him $324 million if you don't think that he's going to be incredible in a game like this. So I think tonight's going to be a really great game. And more than anything, I just I just can't wait to see how it unfolds because these are the two best pitchers in the American League, and it's not every day you get to see that. Exactly. It really is a treat. One of the storylines we have to get to is Aaron Boone announced officially Kyle Higashioka will catch Garrett Cole in game one. We were discussing it a little bit last week, Jimmy, about whether the Yankees would actually pull the trigger on a move like this. They did. They're not going to mess with the mojo in a postseason setting, especially when you're playing in a three-game series where game one's almost like do or die. Higashioka's caught Cole to the tune of like three earned runs and 27 innings this year. The proof is undeniable that they're comfortable with each other. And Cole's finished the season really on a roll. In his last four starts, three and one, an ERA of an even one. He's holding opponents to a 432 OPS, and he has 34 strikeouts and 27 innings, only five walks. He's pitching like Garrett Cole. So I do not blame this move whatsoever. Gary Sanchez is bat. I think we'll need to come up large in some spot if the Yankees are going to make a deep, deep October run here. But in terms of Garrett Cole's starts, there's too much on the line. Uh, you pay too much for this guy. I'm not saying he can't have a dominant start with Gary Sanchez there, but why fix what's already working? Why, why, why maneuver what you know has been working and what's surefire to give Garrett Cole 
the best possible chance to give you a good postseason start. Yeah, I think this was the only move for Aaron Boone, right? Because you you probably lose something going from Sanchez's bat to Higashioka's. I think that's pretty much known, but you can't deny the success that Garrett Cole has had, largely with Higashioka over the last month or so. So I think that was pretty much a no-brainer. Now, what they wind up doing with the lineup tonight, I think, is interesting. Do they put Sanchez at DH? And then if so, you know, somebody's going to wind up out of the lineup if Sanchez winds up DHing. So that'll be interesting to watch. But I think for Aaron Boone, ultimately the trade-off's worth it. Like, you'll, you'll concede something offensively having Higashioka in the lineup. That's just the fact of the matter. But you'll also, you'll have Garrett Cole. And I think more importantly, I think it's a psychological thing for Garrett Cole, knowing that he has a guy like Higashioka back there that he can trust, that they're obviously on the same page with each other, and he's been doing really well with them. So I, it's like you said, you don't, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And I think that's what the Yankees are doing here. I will say it'll probably come at the expense of, of some of their offense a little bit. Now, Gary Sanchez, I'm not going to act like he's having some great season offensively because he's hitting 140-whatever. But, you know, it's like you said, I, I don't think the Yankees are going to get to where they need to go if he's going to continue doing that. So at some point, like you said, he's going to have to – come up big but i think this was probably the only move for aaron boone we'll see how it works out but i think the best version of garrett cole right now has kyle higashioka behind the plate so if if that's what you need to do to get the best out of garrett cole i think you'll take that this also wouldn't be a decision if gary sanchez was having a great offensive season because you couldn't sacrifice that offense out of the lineup and and garrett cole would ultimately take the head and they would have made it work out. They would have, they would have gotten it clicking with Gary Sanchez behind the plate. But while we keep saying that the Yankees need Sanchez's production to get where they need to be. And I believe that 64 strikeouts and 156 at bats, he's hitting 147, a 250 on base. He's going to need to prove that he deserves that nod and, and, and made the decision way too easy for the Yankees to stick with what's working. So going to be a very fun series. I, with all these series, I think a lot is decided in game one. It immediately turns into a do or die if you lose. So this is why the Yankees brought in Garrett Cole. Should be fun to watch tonight. Before we make our overall postseason picks, Jimmy, let's run through the matchups a little bit throughout the league. Starting with today's matchup, starting at 2 o'clock, you have the Astros and the Twins. That's a 6 versus a 3. About a year ago, I'd be very enticed about this matchup. I would be... Favoring the Astros, obviously, but the Twins would be coming off their record-setting home run season with high expectations. This matchup doesn't stick out at me anymore because the Astros have been that bad this year. They've been that uncompelling, and the Twins finished the season extremely hot. They grabbed the AL Central. For a while, it looked like it would be another Yankees-Twins matchup. So this matchup doesn't have a ton of intrigue my way. It seems like advantage Twins all the way, and I think in large part because the Minnesota Twins have much better starting pitching than they did a year ago, and that starts with Kenta Maeda at the top. Yeah, I I like the Twins pitching a lot. You've got Maeda and Randy Dobnak and Jose Barrios. 
Uh, I'm also going to take the Twins. I will also say, you know, the Astros pitching is decimated this year because, you know, you don't have Verlander who's getting Tommy John surgery, and it's fair to wonder whether he'll be back uh, at any point here. And it's also, you look at the Astros lineup, um, you know, it's a little harder when you don't know what's coming. Like, let's just be honest, because you look at their <laughs> numbers and they're all significantly down even from last year. So, me, what happened to Altuve? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, what happened? I, I don't know. I still, the image that sticks in my mind is when Altuve hit the walk-off in the ALCS oh, and yeah. the Chapman just standing on the mound smiling. And everybody's He's one like, of why like are you smiling? <laughs> a handful of players in baseball history to hit a penny-clinching home run. Don't take off my shirt, though. That's what I'm worried about. Hits a home, hits a home run, goes right into the locker room like <laughs> one does. That's always what happens in walk-offs, right? You hit a home run, you hit home plate. All right, goodbye, I'm done. Just upstanding citizens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also have the Twins. Um, I, think the, I think the Twins will do this in two, so a quote-unquote sweep, if you will. Let's move on. The 3 o'clock game, it is a quadruple header, if you could call it that today. You have the Athletics. The White Sox, that is the two versus the seven. The White Sox were initially supposed to represent the AL Central. They were brutal down the stretch. They absolutely collapsed into the number seven spot. Now they have to face Lizardo in game one. Giolito, again, that's no pushover as well. But the A's have been really, really good all year. Uh, aside from the Tampa Bay Rays, they've been the model of consistency in the American League. Do I think this could be an interesting series, especially in three games? Sure. That entirely depends on the Chicago White Sox lineup waking up and then proving to be the team that was so exciting all year and the team that was finally coming together ahead of schedule and exciting the league. I don't think that happens against the A's pitching staff. So for that reason, I like the A's in this series. I think it could be a three-gamer. I think that's possible. But I do like the Oakland A's to advance. Yeah, this one is a series I've kind of gone back and forth on, actually. Because the White Sox, as recently as last week, were going to be the one seed. And as you said, finished the season horribly. Um, the A's have a lot of young starting pitching. Um, the White Sox can ca- kind of counter some of that with Giolito and Keuchel. But I ultimately also do think the A's win out. I will say, I think you're going to get probably something better from the White Sox lineup because you've got Jose Abreu who's had a great year. Tim Anderson was up there for the batting title again this year. So I'm going to tentatively take the A's, even though the record of the last couple of years in the playoffs hasn't been necessarily the best. Um, But I do think they can get out of a three-game series with the young pitching they have. Although they might have to get a little bit creative with the, you know, some of their starting bullpen alignment. When we're picking the Twins and A's and back-to-back picks, an AL playoff series, we know the landscape of the league has changed a lot. You just opened my eyes to it, Jimmy. The fact that we're going that and that in back-to-back picks does does tell you something. And let's actually go to the next pick, which is which is another one that we won't believe we're saying. The Rays and the Blue Jays. That is an AL East matchup. The one versus the eight. That's at five o'clock today. Blake Snell, Matt Shoemaker, Jimmy, this is another route, in my opinion. If nothing goes wrong, if nothing goes catastrophically wrong, the Rays should advance. Now, that may sound blind to say in a three game series, but 
I don't think the Blue Jays have what it takes, whether it's offensively, pitching staff, the bullpen is probably one of their biggest liabilities. So if Blake Snell has a good start today and he gets the Rays off and running and they get that early lead, I think it's an easy two-game route for the Rays. Yeah, I mean, who, who, what do the Blue Jays really have starting rotation-wise? It's not really there. I mean, they went out and got Ryu in the offseason. But, yeah, I, I also like the Rays. They've got a ton of pitching. I saw a fascinating graphic the other day. They have – so they had some injuries this year, obviously, like I think everybody did. They have 12 different pitchers who have gotten at least one save this year. goes to show you the depth in their bullpen, the number of arms they can throw at you. Um, and that's kind of why I loved this team in the preseason, and that's why I think they're going to come through in the playoffs because I think in this format you need to have a bunch of guys you can trust. The Rays have that. I think they win this series. I think, you know, not to telegraph where I'm going with the picks here, but I think they make a really deep run. They could beat anybody in the playoffs. They're that good. They are that good, and that's why they're the number one seed in the league. Let's go to the National League. That starts tomorrow, Wednesday, where you will have – Eight games across Major League Baseball. It is absolute madness. You have a game an hour. A lot of them are overlapping. And you have all the AL Game 2s coinciding with the NL Game 1s. This is a phenomenal schedule for Major League Baseball, starting with the Reds and the Braves at noon. This is an interesting matchup, if we're going to find one across the board. And if you're the Braves, riding high after winning the National League East once again, this is not a team you want to run into with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray and Louis Castillo thrown at you sequentially. I'm going to have a tough time picking this series, Jimmy, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say the Cincinnati Reds pull off our first major upset of the postseason, and they move on. You, we, We've been in lockstep so far here, and I was like, finally, we're going to like diverge here. <laughs> I also have Cincinnati. In fact, I actually – I'll just give away the game here. I have Cincinnati getting to the NLCS because you've got Bauer, Gray, Castillo. You would put that three up against anybody. And the Reds are a team that underperformed for the first, you know, month and a half of the two month season got hot late. It's all going to depend on their lineup. Um, and, and this is you know also part of why they went out and got Nick Castellanos in the off season. He's the X factor here. The Braves are also like kind of out of pitching. I mean, they've got Max Freed starting game one, and then they're looking at Ian Anderson and possibly Kyle Wright for game three. I don't know if you can trust that because those guys don't have a lot of track record really at all, let alone in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. Um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati here, and I think they're going to win their division series, and then they're going to get deep in the playoffs and – you know, have a, a matchup in the NLCS. I really think they're playing well. Their starting rotation is that good. And that's what you need this year in the playoffs. So I like where they stand. And this is the problem with the Braves, I think, year in and year out. They leave themselves vulnerable in these first-round matchups when you're relying on Max Freed so heavily. And you really don't have that rotation depth. And I think it's going to bite them again. I really do. At the 2 o'clock matchup, this is after Astros and Twins have already started their game, too. You have the Cubs and the Marlins, a nice flashback to 2003, just in a much, much different way. This is the Marlins' first postseason appearance since then, and they did it against all odds, Don Mattingly leading them back to the playoffs, really when no one expected it. If there was one outlier this year, 
when everyone knew that we might have an outlier in a 60-game season, it was the Miami Marlins, basically with guys you haven't heard of left and right, going over 500, making the playoffs. Now they have the Cubs in the first round. The Cubs won the NL Central. I do like the Cubs. I think they'll move on here. Would I put it past the Marlins to make this interesting? After all that's happened this year, absolutely not. But I think the Cubs are the better baseball team. I will say, I think people are dismissing this series for one reason or other. And, and, you know, there's probably good reason for that. I don't put it past the Marlins to spring an upset here. Um, Are the Cubs better? Probably. But it's like you said, remember the last time these two teams got together. Also, the last time the Marlins were in the playoffs, by the way which is neither here nor there. (laughs) Yeah, 17 years, two championships, zero division titles. But I I think the Cubs are probably a little bit better, but I'm not putting anything past the Marlins here. I'll say Cubs in three. I'm going to give the Marlins a game here because they've got a ton of young talent. And, you know, every time I was sitting there saying, okay, now the bottom is going to drop out on this team, they kept it rolling. And we were talking on one-on-one basically every week. And I was sitting there saying, okay, the Marlins really aren't that good and whatever. They're probably going to fall off. They never fell off. So I, I think we're past that point now. I think they're going to be competitive in this series. I don't think they're a pushover at all. So the next two matchups of the day will be the game twos in the AL. White Sox, A's, Blue Jays, Rays. Then you go on to game one at five o'clock. The Padres and the Cardinals. The Padres are young. This is their first foray into postseason baseball with this core. So you have to take that into account with any pick you're going to make. But I really like this Padres team. I love what they did all season. I think they have too much firepower to lose to a Cardinals team that I really think is very undistinguishable from the team that flamed out last year in the NLCS and, and really was uninspiring in my mind. A lot of people liked the Cardinals last year. I didn't love him that much because I didn't see the firepower throughout the lineup. I think the Padres outmatched them in that regard, and I think the Padres take this series as well. Yeah, the Cardinals' rotation is kind of interesting because they had to use some of it to get in. Um, they're looking at you know, possibly uh, Kwang Hyung Kim for game one against Nelson Lamette. Um, I like that matchup for the Padres, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm going to... They've got Jack Flaherty and Adam Wainwright in games two and three. This is an odd matchup because the Cardinals, I, I don't think, are as good as last year. They don't have Marcelo Zuna in that lineup. The Padres are a young team. You know, how are they going to go? I'm going to take an upset here. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Um, and, you know, by the sounds of things, I maybe just decided that, which is partially true. Yeah. But um, I'm going to take I'm going to take an upset here. Um, I'll probably regret it later. But, you know, Padres are a little ahead of schedule. You know, Flaherty and Wainwright games two and three. Flaherty's, you know, a great pitcher. Wainwright has a ton of playoff experience, as we all know. So, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I, I, don't think, I don't think they would get past the second round series with the Dodgers. But I'm going to take St. Louis here. It is upset. Then you have Yankees-Indians game two at 7 o'clock. At 10 o'clock to wrap up the eight-game madness not sure what you call that, Jimmy. Is it like an octuple header or something? <laughs> something Dodgers, like that. Something like that. The Dodgers and the Brewers at 10 o'clock. This would be very interesting last year. The Brewers haven't been the same team. I think everybody knows that. 
but last year, if you had put these teams against each other, I, I would have said that's that's really something worth watching. I would give Milwaukee a decent chance at an upset, but I think the Dodgers are too good this year. I think they're a team on a mission. We do say that every year, though, and they seem to flame out at some point in the playoffs. They've just been on another level this year. While everyone was kind of pacing along and and going on their merry way this season, the playoffs were kind of shaping up in each league. The Dodgers were just playing ridiculous baseball. They finished 43-17, and 17, a 7-17 win percentage. The Padres won 37 games. They finished six games behind them in the National League West. The Dodgers are too good. They have the pitching. The offense is ridiculous. It's relentless. Whether they get to the World Series or not, and we'll say that in a moment, I like the Dodgers to get out of the first round. Well, the Brewers have possibly three games in this series. Corbin Burns is not pitching any of them with an injury. Um, they need Christian Yelich to turn it on. He did not have a very good year. I'm also going to take the Dodgers. Um, I think there's a tendency to overthink these things. And it's funny you talk about last year. We were six outs away from having this matchup last year in the NLDS, and then the Nationals had other plans in the wild card game. I'm also going to take the Dodgers. Um, and they're in – and I've, I've been hesitant to draw too much out of the 2020 season, but they are as close to, you know, World Series or bust territory as really anybody is. I would say they're even more so than the Yankees this year um, because of the past failures and what they did in free agency going out and getting Mookie Betts. Um, this is a team that maybe should win it all, um, has the talent to do so, and that is the expectation for them this year. I think they started off the playoffs with a bang, and I think they take care of the Brewers. All right. With that being said, let's make the overall pick, Jimmy. Let's go ahead to the World Series first before we pick the winner. Who's your AL winner? Who's your NL winner? And then we'll go from there. So over in the AL, I'm going to take uh, the Rays over the Twins in the championship wow. series. I like Minnesota this year. I'm probably hitching a little too much on that wagon. But um, I love the Rays. We've talked about it uh, however many times. Uh, the pitching depth they have is unbelievable. I don't think anybody can compete with that. The, uh, I think they're the best team, at least in the American League. Over in the National League, Kind of gave away the game before. I've got the Dodgers over the Reds. Um, obviously love the Reds pitching. I, I think that'll get them far. The Dodgers are so good. Um, and we had Marley Rivera on one-on-one -on -one from ESPN the other day, and she said, look, it's Dodgers versus the field in the playoffs, basically, is what she said. So I've got Rays-Dodgers World Series. I know that's not exactly an upset pick. I'm going to take the Rays over the Dodgers uh, in the World Series. So that's going to be my pick. My preseason pick to win the World Series was the Rays. I had the meeting Atlanta, but I don't think in good conscience I can really pick Atlanta right now with their pitching situation. I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay. I think they beat the Dodgers in a seven-game World Series in Arlington and they win their first ever championship. Okay, Jimmy. So I have very similar picks, just different outcomes on both sides of the board. I have the Yankees and the Twins in the ALCS. So we get the very similar matchup we've gotten for years, except it will be a seven-gamer, and the Yankees probably pull it out in five or six games. I just think this Yankee team is two World Series or bust. They know that. They have the experience under their belt. They're also very bitter by the fact that they did not perform well against Tampa Bay whatsoever in the regular season. 
I think that'll be the matchup to watch when those teams who hate each other go up against one another. Should there be a potential Yankees-Rays ALDS matchup? So I'll take the Yankees in five in that matchup. I'll take them in six over the Twins in the ALCS. And I'll ultimately have them facing off against the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. I like the Dodgers and the Reds in the NLCS. And I like the Reds pitching to prevail and the offense to get hot at the right time. Reds in seven in the NLCS, Yankees, Reds in the World Series. Yankees win their 28th title. Got to do it. It's been three years now going with this core. If, it, if it's not, it's a disappointment on either side. Same goes for the Dodgers. One team's going to walk away bitterly disappointed this year and not get that World Series or bust aspiration. But I do think the Yankees get it done this year. It's going to have to be with an absolutely dominant Garrett Cole. And that starts tonight. Garrett Cole needs to be second half 2019 Garrett Cole if the Yankees want any chance in this postseason. And I think he can be, especially given that this is his 13th or 14th start heating up at the right time. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're picking the uh, party like it's 1976 World Series. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm going to go on record here. I- I've got back and forth on this series for 24 hours. I'm talking about the Yankees-Indian series. I've got back and forth on this so many times. I'm going to take Cleveland. Wow. I like their pitching. Yeah, I, I like their pitching. It wouldn't surprise me, obviously, if the Yankees win it. But I, I love Cleveland's pitching. I think their lineup can do enough. Now, if their lineup's not scoring, they're not going to win this series. Um, I'm going to take maybe not by seeding, but probably a minor upset here. I like the Indians pitching, and I know it sounds weird to say after you just picked them to win the World Series, but – I have the Yankees getting bad here. This is a tough matchup. Their hands are going to be full. This well, is not going to be you, easy. It goes to show you the variety of options on the table for the Yankees this year. I don't think a fan could accurately predict to you what's going to happen in this series with, with confidence. Uh, if you ask them right now, they would put the odds of them getting bounced in two games and scoring legitimately three runs total in the two games. They put that as high as the Yankees – going to the ALCS of the World Series. No one truly knows at this point. So that's why I'm rolling the dice and I'm telling you the Yankees can go on a run here because they can. I don't think anyone would refute that, and it's not an outlandish pick because when they're rolling their lineup, their bullpen, their rotation stacks up with anybody. But you're right. The Indians could make this a two-gamer, and the Yankees could be going home on Thursday. I could very much see that happening. But I will go with the faith that the Yankee lineup wakes up and ultimately they make a postseason run. Aside from Garrett Cole, it's going to come down to the usual suspects that need to produce in the postseason. And I need to see a postseason now where Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton are clicking at the same time. We've seen Judge produce in the playoffs, not as much last year when Cole's in the ALCS. Stanton got hurt after game one of the ALCS when it seemed like he was finally getting locked in. You need to see those guys clicking at the same time because we can talk about the lineup depth as much as we want without those big guns firing in the middle of the lineup. I just don't see how this team is that scary. When, when Judge and Stanton are putting together non-competitive at-bats and striking out back-to-back in that lineup, it's not the same Yankee team. The Yankees need a big postseason out of Stanton. They absolutely do, and Judge, I think I would say probably the same way. I will say, in fairness to the Yankees, there's a little bit of a narrative out there that they're very feast or famine, but the Rays actually have one of the highest strikeout rates in the league. 
So I think if we're going to play fair is fair here, right? Because people are going to kill the Yankees like, oh, they're striking out a ton. But they're really, I mean, they're kind of middle of the road in that department. So that narrative is not entirely fair. Um, the reason why I picked the Indians doesn't have anything to do with that. I just love Cleveland's pitching. And generally speaking in the playoffs, good pitching is going to beat good hitting. And I think generally speaking, you know, the Yankees aren't in a bad spot with their rotation now either because they've got Garrett Cole, who should have been the Cy Young last year. You've got Masahiro Tanaka, who is incredible in the playoffs. And then you've got, you know, Jay Happ in games three. Jay Happ the last month of the season pitched really well. So I think the Yankees are in a decent enough spot. Um, I just give Cleveland a little bit of an edge with their pitching. So that's why I wind up taking them, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be fun, kind of old-time baseball. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. So it's Garrett Cole. It is Shane Bieber. It's the Yankees and the Indians tonight. And that 7 o'clock game, while the postseason will already be underway, will truly kick off what is a multitude of great matchups coming our way within the next couple of days. Jimmy has a very interesting World Series and ultimately the Tampa Bay Rays coming out on top. I have the Yankees and the Reds. We both agree that the Cincinnati Reds are going to do big things in these playoffs. That little sleeper pick that everybody it's kind of uh, Jimmy would you call it the 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 common sleeper pick right now the Cincinnati Reds yeah I think so which which of course means that anybody other than the Reds is going to be the main sleeper here yeah. right like you're It'll gonna have be some... like the Marlins yeah. <laughs> maybe St. Louis I don't know but um yeah everybody's kind of hitching their wagons to the Reds so it would be kind of embarrassing if they just lost two games to the Braves and went home. Well, I saw Trevor Bauer complaining about uh, Major League Baseball's policy on families attending the game. So he hasn't changed, clearly. So I guess that's a good sign for the Reds. He's being himself entering the postseason. The possible NL Cy Young Award winner tweeting, roasting Rob Manfred. Shows you he's in the right mindset for his game one start. (laughs) So that's a good sign for Cincinnati fans. Yeah, I would say my, my counter to that, he said, well, you know, we didn't win enough games. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Like, Correct. win more games, dude, and then you get your family there. So, um, it yeah. should be a fun ride, Jimmy. I'm looking forward to it. We get playoff baseball. We got it very quickly. It crept up very fast, and now we have an eight-team format on each side and really a variety of possibilities of what could Unfold. We'll see if the Yankees are still around next week to break it down as they chase their 28th championship. We will be back either way, and we'll recap what should be a very, very exciting, intriguing Yankees-Indian series. For Jimmy Sullivan, Emmanuel Barbarius, baseball playoff time, this is the Nosebleed Podcast.